0: hey Peter hey Adam uh, what's the state of my attitude right now oh uh, Louisiana, Louisiana oh Minnesota oh,
1: laid back Wisconsin oh a little uptight Hawaii
0: oh yeah Mahalo I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast.
1: Daily music advice and inspiration and information Mm. coming at you.
0: Coming at you today. We're sponsored by OpenStudio. Go to OpenStudioJazz.com for all your music education needs. And we are talking about music education today. Mm. Uh, We're talking about the state of music education and how we might make improvements to it. We just got this question, and maybe you heard heard. yesterday's episode. Yeah. And Uh, actually,
1: my goal today... Is for us to, you know, delve deep and um, pull out some gems on this subject. But it's also to turn your scowl into a smile by the end
0: of this episode, if that's possible. No, you're, no, no. You're a little
1: hot just, under the collar over yeah, there. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> what we thought we could do was talk about our role and responsibility into it, instead okay. of just debating what we think should happen. You know, just take a little ownership of it. We run a music education website. You know, what the I'm leading. The world's leading the, online jazz education. The world's award-winning. That's a big claim, but I yeah. think it might be true. Yeah, and I think we could sort of come to an understanding of what we could do to better music education. So, what, Peter? We were just talking before we went on air. What do we think are the biggest things lacking with sort of beginner players? What are the What are the concepts that they, if they latched onto from the beginning, that would help them? And are we not doing enough to reiterate that? Like well, what are those concepts? Maybe
1: in? I'll tackle, I mean there's different level. there's different kind of ages and, and times of life we come in as a beginner. Let me tackle the like, as a kid part. Okay. Because that to me is always the ideal place. Sure. To, to make your, at least make your connection with music. I think we all connect with music at a certain point when we're young, because you hear it. And to me, you know, I, I like to think about like what's done well with music education with young people like what are the attributes that we see in common with successful and like how do we define success a lifelong involvement and love and understanding of music to me that's success it's not like so say if you took like a a middle and high school orchestra program. I wouldn't define success from that program by how many professional musicians it produced over the years. I would define it as how many music lovers mm. it produced over the like what is the percentage of kids that came through that program that come out loving in love with music any kind of music totally, you know. Totally. Yeah. Um to me that's the thing. And so it's like in doing things the mistakes come the the errors I think are when you take the joy that is inherent in music. I mean this is a beautiful fun thing i mean we talk about jazz you talk about funk hip-hop classical reggae reggaeton um there's i mean any style you name even if it's not your cup of tea there's people that are just like passionate about this is like this is great stuff you know what i'm saying this is the stuff that that like everybody can agree on maybe not what style or artist you might be like well i love jazz well i like wynton kelly well i like dave brubeck or whatever but i mean in general it's like there's this unifying force of music and just the beauty of that it is. It's just one of the greatest things in the in, in the world. I That's think. Right. I I'm agree. biased. I agree. But so any anything that separates humans' joy from that to me is an error in music education. So I know this is kind of big picture and you're gonna get into some very important actual issues around this, but I like to frame it with that as just like you know, don't stamp out the joy. You know what I mean? It's I like it's a little kid learning part. to walk. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, like yeah, We yeah. take it for granted because we can do it. But when you're first, you know, and you're like, you know, hobbling around and then, you know, the, the little kids look, they get excited about it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll stay with your big picture theme, because I do think that it's, uh, I think it's probably the most important part, like the joy and the big picture stuff. And I think one of the things that we could work on more uh, in music education is a sense of community. You know, the yep. the music that we play, jazz, is a music that's based, it's a social music, right? Yes. It is based on community. And so even though right now is a very weird time for community and connection because of the pandemic, you know, one of our goals has been to expand our community and, and really strengthen the connection yeah. between our members and us and between our members and each other. And I think that's something that as a, as a teacher, we should all take responsibility for to foster connection between our students and themselves and each other, you know, and between us and our students, not just as like a mentor mentee relationship, but as just like, you know, elders of a community or learned members of the community that can help direct and guide and show guidance, support, uh, and really instill that joy. That's the joy you're talking about of the music. That's our job. Yep. To instill and uh, and
1: I think it comes in like all different forms. I'm just thinking, you know, Christian McBride because we have the the uh, the great thing of having his slightly his physical presence in the studio here with this great banner of him. So I'm always thinking about him. But you know, Christian, I remember did a thing where he he um, invited some younger players, like in their twenties into his band. And I remember at the time I was kind of like, because I was playing with him a lot and Christian had like five different bands. And I was like, wow, why is Christian... He's not like an old dude yeah. yet. And why is he having these younger guys? And it's kind of... A, it's not necessarily a hassle, but you got to teach him some stuff and deal with whatever. yeah. But it's like he really took on that... Like there's all different times when you can take on this responsibility. It's not just when it's an online course or when it's at a university or when you're teaching a young person. Like you say, it's like the elder... Statesman thing can come in many different forms and at different times. It's not just you know Barry Harris showing all of us mm-hmm. that are younger than him, which is every pianist at this point. Yeah, absolutely. You know his hip voicings. There, there's that, and he's take, but he's been doing that for years. you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. And he's been speaking out, speaking the truth on the on the drop two, as we know for a long time. So I think that. You know, it's very inspiring when we see you know, and, and when we do take that on in our own ways to help along, to be communal, you know, to to spread the love to it takes a village and all that. And this is a communal music. And I mean, we're we're constantly reminded as we speak to each other through plexiglass here. I feel like I'm going to be Ronald Reagan. Tear down this wall, <laughs> You know, <laughs> tear down this plexiglass wall. Um, but that. You, you know we have to I think be even more vigilant during this time about maintaining the community aspect I agree man yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really
0: important well so let's get into some kind of nuts and bolts maybe for beginners I think the first thing that for most beginners of of jazz that at least that I deal with here at open studio you know if I had any advice to beginners it would be to really get out of the page, to get off of the notation. This is what we were talking about with one of our our, uh, our, our watchers on YouTube, Buzz. Uh, we had a really nice conversation where you said, I got a little heated. I just get a little, you know, i get very passionate about this. But <laughs> I do think that uh, there's there's not a good balance in our current mm. education system. Via reading music versus learning by ear. I know you grew up with Suzuki, which is amazing because that's all learning by ear, and a lot of people learn by solfege and things like that. And that is, I think, something that is missed. It was missing as as an education, music education, for me when I was a kid. I was lucky enough to have a really great elementary. Uh, music teacher who focused on singing a lot, mm. which is really great for your musicality, but even just, you know, uh, as, a, as a beginner pianist and doing things you like... You were deep into the page from the beginning on you, the piano? Well, uh, during in my formal piano lessons. Now, I came at Did you wear a tuxedo to your lesson? Yeah, How yeah. No, I mean, it? It, you know, when it was... And it was, she was a very sweet lady, and I don't, I don't mean that it was she was teaching me the way she learned. It's not, not a... Yeah. But This is what I'm saying. The system itself could use some adjusting because you know, the music that I wanted to play was not on a page, right? It was, right. The, when I was, a you know, eight, it was the Beach Boys and the right. Beatles and, and pop but, music. You know. But maybe you got a combination. I'm just
1: thinking, because really, I mean, I did do Suzuki, but I had, I was also reading music because really, I was interested in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing uh, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with No, 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 but writing. maybe you got and, and and a lot of us we maybe got a combination that maybe works in terms of like the so called formal piano. Yeah. You know, with the technical stuff and learning to read music and, and these things, fingering. Um, but also that inquisitiveness as long as nobody stamps that out where, as long okay, as i hear yeah. beach um, try to play something by ear for a lot of um, guys and gals it's like playing in church where you have to kind of just hear the music there is no score totally. so it's like you're forced to and then that develops your ear. like there's all different ways to get there but ultimately that combination i think of skills especially for piano even more so than reading we talk about that you can pick that up at any time theoretically but The technical side, if you get a really good
0: foundation from that, from a really good teacher, that can be invaluable. That can be very valuable. But if you want to learn, let's say you want to learn voicings, right? Yeah. And you just are going towards books with it as opposed to developing your ears. That's only going to take you so far. You're learning jazz piano voicings out of a book as opposed to trying to hear them or learn from a a teacher or a mentor. Yeah. Uh, That can be... I think counterproductive to actually learning how the music should be played and and learning it, how how the voicings should sound cuz they're not they weren't passed down via sheet music often it was developed right. over time you know player to player so for me I think trying to learn a music that really wasn't passed down via notation Learning it via notation is a little bit like you know learning like watching a movie from reading a script or something. Right, it's just not the same, you know. And it's
1: not the most precise because we're kind of using another kind of technology, right? um, Or or written apparatus and and you know mode of of documenting sound that was not originally developed for the music that we're actually using it for. I mean, it's been it's been redeveloped a little bit, you know. But because of that. It can lead to, if it it, it, at a minimum isn't combined with a whole lot of listening and the communal part, like not only listen to recordings, but like listening to actual great players in person, which thankfully exists all over the world. Now, you can't be like, oh, once I get to New York, I'm going to start listening. And it's a problem with younger people. I'm saying sometimes now is that they think that they can get everything online so they're like oh well i'm not going to go out of my way to try to chase down adam manis when i go to st louis because i've seen all his stuff on youtube or whatever whereas before it's like you had to go hear you live if you wanted to kind of get with your thing or whatever totally yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it's a big part of it it's a big part of it, it is yeah, yeah but yeah. i think a lot of people are aggressive in terms of seeking out that information but
0: Good so stuff, what's man. your
1: thing on like so you're saying you don't sit at home um studying stan
0: kenton scores if that's well, not an activity that you a, do. But that, no, this is a. That's a whole other thing. I don't. But that, that's all. You know. No, I've done plenty of score study because I think there's lots to be learned about how to you know build a chord with an orchestra or a big band. That's different than listening to a piano voicing. Again, if you could, if you could transcribe that chord on a big band yeah. with your ears, you would also get that information. Right. You would. You would learn something else besides that. You would. Right. Get, you would become. I mean, imagine the greatest musician you've ever met. Wouldn't they be able to pick out? A chord from a big band by listening to it, not just by reading it on page. Not not all I the time. I don't know
1: if Katy Perry does big band, but I'm <laughs> imagining that. Okay, go ahead. I'm just saying.
0: I'm just saying. No, but I do think there's a place, of course, for notation and score study. I'm just not sure if that place is learning about jazz improvisation. I'm right. just not, I don't. Right, I don't. Right. I, you know, there's so much of jazz improvisation. I, I mean, you you and I both played with the great Willie Akins, who talk about like being generous with mm. his time and yep. and and forming really generations of communities around him. Yep. He's a great uh, local uh, St. Louis tenor saxophonist who passed away a couple of years ago, who really, you know, everybody played with him or yeah. w- came through his band, especially if you were uh, a rhythm section player. Right, And, you know... He would say things like, you know, he actually would show me some chord voicings and then I would go on the gig, you know, after he showed it to me and play them and he would be like, no, don't do that there. <laughs> right. You know, but that's important information to that's have. That's right. That's the like, like communal side. That's the communal side. Like, because yeah, there's the a voicing, but it doesn't work here. It works, right. it specifically works here or or works, you know, the, like that kind of information can't be, it's hard to translate that from just reading voicings in a book or something.
1: Well, I think that's what I mentioned at the beginning about Christian McBride, you know, being generous with his time and giving some younger some of these really good young I know these are great players he wasn't compromising at all can talk about Christian sands and Ulysses Owens and great players uh Emma Cohen but you know for him I think he took on that same kind of thing like he got a lot Christian got a lot out of you know maybe not telling him voicings but be like wait don't play this you know you know that kind of passing down of the information and saw that link how important that is you know yeah and i think you know willie akins we could talk about you know him being one of the finest and i don't know if he ever officially taught at any school or anything but he's probably one of the best jazz educators in st louis oh 100 <laughs> you know think about yeah. you and me and and uh what rob block and and montez and all the different people that came up in that band for sure at different times yeah. and then him mentioning these things these are some of the most
0: invaluable uh, lessons yeah, absolutely.
1: Well And he didn't he didn't hand you a score to his He did not hand me a score. <laughs> although he
0: had a suitcase full of lead sheets that I wish I had. <laughs> right, yeah. right.
1: One other thing I was just thinking about the scores too, like how you can see like if we think about one of our most prolific uh composers of big band in, in jazz, I mean probably Duke Ellington, if not Count Basie, would come to mind certainly as one of the top, if not the top one. And if you've ever played... I've played some Duke Ellington transcriptions when I was working with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoity-toity. And um, there is not the kind of information... And look, Duke Ellington was great at writing and putting that on the page. As good as you can do it for jazz. I mean, he was a master of that. Like, he had very, you know, advanced techniques in terms of scoring things. But... You know, what if you heard the way that the Duke Ellington band played, there was so much that wasn't on the page, not because he didn't know how to put it just because it couldn't be put there. Or he would kind of try to make up different ways to put it, whereas I, I don't know, because like a Beethoven symphony, we don't have a recording from that time. So it's hard to ever reference. But it seems like that system works better for explaining that style of music. Than it does to work for Duke Ellington style. So thankfully, we have the recordings. You know, we have video, and you know Duke Ellington, and we have people that we know. You know, like my parents saw the Duke Ellington band live. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's that's kind of the proof is in the pudding there in terms of how much can really be. Um, you know, laid out I mean not to say that Duke Ellington's scores are great and you can learn a lot about composing and arranging but it only but gets you so far it only gets you so far whereas I mean you can't really make a comparison with Beethoven or Bach because it only gets you so far there too but that's as far as you can go that's <laughs> as far as you can go yeah like when you also like you can't to go hear
0: a recording of them playing it exactly to know yeah exactly what we're missing you know yeah. yeah. why wow, you got one I wish
1: you got a time machine
0: bro I wish I had a time machine <laughs> Go invest in some... You'd uh, like to go back
1: an hour and get back into that conversation again, wouldn't you? No, <laughs> man, that was good.
0: That was one of the best discussions I think we've had. That's right. And I'm glad we had this follow episode, a, a follow-up episode because it was nice to kind of take some ownership of our role in that yes. education side. Right, which so. we shirked a little bit. That's and okay. hey, you know what? Let us know uh, how you want music education to go. I'm curious to hear everybody's thoughts. It's yeah. it's always a great conversation to keep going because we actually have the power now to shape how we it might got the power. at least in our own little universe, how it might work. So let us know how you're digging Open Studio and what we can do to help you. That's right. That's right. So cool. until tomorrow. You'll hear it.